0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
1: And hello again, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky at St. James Coffee in Rock and Roll Rochester in beautiful Med City. Uh, Enjoying, like I said, a a St. Valentine's Day mocha, a day late, but still just as delicious. It's uh, uh, well, it's a mocha, so it's got dark chocolate and a little bit of strawberry in there too. Came with a nice uh, foam on top. Uh, quite a great way to start the morning here at St. James. And like I said at the end of the show, around two ten thirty uh, local time, nine thirty for those of you listening out in the western Dakotas and in Wyoming. Uh, We'll be talking to uh, Melissa Scaccio, the uh, general manager of St. James Coffee, about the upcoming Brew fundraiser uh, that's coming up uh, just in a few weeks here. Um, Thanks again for joining us this morning. I'm glad to be back on air. I was uh, out of the office for about a week there. Um, Some of the listeners may know, some may not, but uh, we welcomed a a new child into our family, a son, Joseph Teofil Emilian Modelski. On February 3rd, so a a shout-out to him. Uh, He was born a little bit early. Uh, There were some complications uh, with, uh, you know, uh, some issues, uh, but everyone's fine now. Uh, Baby Joseph is listening from his bed in the NICU over at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, So just right down the street here from St. James Coffee. So uh, I'm in town in Rochester as well, uh, hanging out with little Joseph in the... uh, in the NICU there and it's it's been a great experience um we've had so many people help us along the way shout out to all the uh, wonderful nurses and uh, medical staff doctors nurse practitioners everyone else who made sure the delivery went well and that uh baby joseph is doing fine uh he's he's doing well no no issues anymore uh, so <laughs> he's doing just great and uh just working on strength right and getting ready to uh to grow up and get a little bit bigger, uh, so that's what he's working on now. We've also had the great uh, blessing while we've been in town here to stay at the Ronald McDonald House here in Rochester, a great uh, nonprofit doing great work. Uh, just made it so much easier to um, so much easier to be here in Rochester, just down the street uh, from Mayo Clinic, the uh, the downtown um, hospital. Uh, Eisenberg, that's what it's called, <laughs> Mayo Clinic, and uh, just go right down the street there, have a place to, uh, a beautiful place, right, uh, to, to spend the night uh, to get some food. Um, just wonderful what they do there for uh, children that are undergoing treatment as well as their families. Just a beautiful place for them to be able to... Uh, To, to relax, right, um, and to make a very stressful time uh, a lot simpler, a lot easier. So I wanted to give a shout-out to the wonderful people at the Ronald McDonald House here in Rochester, and they're in different places around the country, around the world, in fact, um, but just what a wonderful resource to have here in town that's just made everything so much easier um, to, like I said, be able to just go down the street uh, when we're at the end of the day to sleep, have a meal waiting for us, uh, all those wonderful things. So it's uh, just been a great blessing to be able to stay there. Um, And like I said, thank you to everyone for your prayers. Um, Like I said, uh, my wife had some complications uh, with the pregnancy. I don't need to go into all the nitty-gritty details right now, uh, but just suffice to say that it was uh, a little scary there for a bit. Uh, But thank you to the skilled hands of the surgeons and being... Um, just providentially, just having moved here to southern Minnesota just down the road from Mayo Clinic, uh, we were able to uh, get all of that taken care of, and, and Mom and Baby are doing well. Um, so thank you, everyone, for your prayers uh, and that that went well. Um, like I said, we're, we're still trying to get uh, Eric on the line uh, from Cathedral Crafts in Winona talk about stained glass windows. They do some fantastic work. Uh, they've done a lot of uh, restorations and repairs um, on stained glass windows. at parishes throughout the uh, Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and beyond. I noticed uh, recently in, in Austin, Minnesota, uh, they did a restoration on stained glass windows there. And I can't remember, I should have looked it up beforehand, if it was St. Augustine or St. Edward's uh, there in Austin, which is where our signal Uh, for the rochester area originates Uh, they were able to uh, restore and repair windows there and i believe install a new one as well so they kind of run the gamut in what they do from preserving and conserving uh, beautiful historical uh, stained glass windows that are already there as well as um, making new stained glass windows and installing those too in fact they've done some at uh, mayo clinic as well as in a few other places like i said in uh, austin as well which is how it kind of came to my attention that uh, they had that window there. So um, I think what we're going to do right now is uh, go to a quick break, and uh, we'll check in and see where we're at after that. So thank you for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. We'll be with you right after the break.
0: Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio
2: Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kedrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute.
3: From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and
1: books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is
0: 701-237-6840. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the upper midwest now back to the show and hello again real presence live
1: listeners nick Midelski coming to you live from saint james coffee in marvelous med city rock and roll rochester excited to be with you this morning did some searching during the break and i saw that today one of the saints that celebrated is saint siegfried of sweden who converted St. Olaf, and if you're from Minnesota, you might be familiar with St. Olaf, who's the, one of the, the first uh, of the Vikings to convert to Christianity, so kind of a cool day and kind of a Minnesota-feeling day. Uh, joining me on the phone right now is uh, Heather Carroll from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, uh, and of course, you will recognize her voice from Real Presence Maybe. Live.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, they <laughs> oh, should. I mean,
1: you should. Good. We're do- doing well. good. Doing good. Doing good. Well, I'm How excited,
3: th- actually, that we had this opportunity, because I'm going to bulldoze you here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for those that might not know, I don't know if you've mentioned it this morning, Nick, but you have a new addition to your family.
1: Yeah, I told the listeners a little bit about that, and uh, and Joseph Teofil-Emilian, uh, who Entered our family. And kind of an interesting name there. I guess I can explain that. So Joseph, obviously, yeah. is the, the year of St. Joseph, right? So I uh, thought that was a fitting name. And it's kind of a family name for both of a, uh, me and Maria's families. Um, and also, after uh, Cardinal Josip Slippy, who is kind of a major uh, patriarch of the Ukrainian Catholic Church uh, in the 20th century. So kind of in his honor as well. Teofil is a family name on my side. Um, It's the Hmm. Polish version of Theophilus. If you uh, read the Acts of the Apostles, you might recognize that name. Mm -hmm. Um, And it means beloved by God. Um, And since there were kind of a few uh, difficulties uh, with the pregnancy, we thought that, you know, baby Joseph has a lot of things to do. And since he made it here safe and sound, he must be beloved by God. So
2: uh, that's why we threw
1: that one in there. And then Emelian... we uh, asked for the intercession of Blessed Emilian Kovch, who was a Ukrainian Catholic priest who was martyred in the concentration camps in World War II, and he was kind of famous for standing up to, uh, standing up to the authorities and defending the defenseless. Um, uh, especially he stood up to, for example, the um, SS. Uh, the Nazis came to his, the village he was pastor in, and they locked, all the, uh, they locked the doors to the synagogue during worship and started burning the building down. And he actually came and chased them out of town and carried people out of the synagogue himself and rescued them all. So um, he's kind of the defender of the defenseless and ministered to the, the people in the concentration camp he was in. He has this beautiful quotation where he finds out his family is trying to, you know, bribe the right people to get him released from the camp. And he says, don't try doing that because... If yeah. if I'm not here, no one will be here to minister to these people. He says it doesn't matter, Christian, Protestant, Catholic, Orthodox, Jewish, Atheist, whatever. He said everyone here needs someone to serve their spiritual needs, and this is where God has put me, so this is where I'm going to, you know, live out my ministry. So, uh, kind of a... you has got a lot to live up to then. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we we invoked his intercession, because like I said, he's he's a defender of the defenseless, and... A child in the womb is, is in a pretty, uh, you know, uh, uh, helpless spot, quite honestly, right? right. Um, so uh, we thought he was a good um, saint, uh, a blessed, I guess, to ask for his intercession. Um, and he's, he's someone who's very important to us uh, as a family, too. So we thought we'd throw that in there and, uh, mm. and give him two middle names, which I don't think is very common anymore. Uh, no, we it's not. We thought we'd go ahead and do that and, uh, and get him... And get him set up to have two initials in the middle of his name, because 'cause that'll well, there you go. add gra- add gravitas. Maybe he'll be an author or a politician oh. then, you know. Yeah.
3: Well and I and you um mentioned that you did um it was a delicate pregnancy. It was there were some complications. At any point during Maria's pregnancy, um, was it ever recommended that she terminate?
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact <laughs> in fact, um at the, uh, she uh, went to a wonderful doctor in Oatana, who's actually the doctor who teaches NFP in the diocese here. And it wasn't mm-hmm. her who said anything, uh, but uh, the sonographer on the uh, on the sonogram image, uh, the ultrasound, saw something and said we should send you to Mayo to have them look at it, just to check things out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know uh, what it turned out to be is a condition known as. Placenta accreta, which is where the placenta grows through the uterine wall um, and attaches too deeply, which, if it's not diagnosed beforehand, uh, can lead to death um, Mm -hmm. when when delivering. So that would not have been good. Um, But uh, when she went to Mayo the first time, uh, the doctor she met with said, you know, Uh, he's, he's only, uh, you know, the pregnancy is only 21 weeks along, so we could just schedule you and take care of this next week. Mm. Um, and Maria just, you know, burst out crying because the, the thing with this condition is that continuing the pregnancy wasn't bad for baby and it wasn't bad for mom. There was nothing that continuing the pregnancy would have, you know, that, uh, terminating the pregnancy Mm would have fixed, Right. Hmm. um it -hmm. was just something they suggested just for fun i guess i (laughs) really we were both sort of flabbergasted i guess for convenience uh that you didn't have to worry about it but uh since it was diagnosed at the time it was there was no problem with continuing the pregnancy of course maria had to be you know careful couldn't lift things over a certain weight and things like that and just pay attention, because if she went into early labor or anything like that, it would be, you know, she'd have, we'd have to get her to the hospital sooner than later. But mm-hmm. there was no reason to terminate, right? Uh, it wouldn't yeah. have helped the, the life of the baby, obviously, um, or the life of the mother. So it was yeah. very uh, disheartening to have that suggested right away. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, kind of uh, to to Maria's credit and kind of something she can add to her resume, now it says in her patient notes because uh, you can look those up online now that uh, she adamantly <laughs> refused uh, termination so um, oh. you can add that to the resume there but looking at baby Joseph there uh, you know it, that is it's good. absolutely shocking uh, that they ever suggested that um, but especially because like I said since we're in the you know you're at Mayo Clinic you can't get much better mm-hmm. doctors and surgeons than that um, they were very confident that everything would go well, delivering. So hmm. I don't even know why that one uh, fellow had I suggested that at first. But sometimes they—that's uh, automatically where their mind goes, I guess. Uh, but it's it was—it yeah. was kind of a, uh, a a stressful pregnancy in a way uh, because, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, if it's not diagnosed early enough, very easily people can die from it. And our uh, colleague. Uh, Karen Gibis out there in Western South Dakota, she mm-hmm. had the same condition that was undiagnosed, and she did almost die um, in right. the hospital. She has a very dramatic story that I think she shared on Real Presence Live before. If not, you mm-hmm. can read it on her blog um, about how <laughs> she almost, um, oh, she did almost die, uh, really, yeah. uh, from this condition because it was undiagnosed. Because what happens is when the placenta has grown in that deeply, then there's just, they can't stop the bleeding. Um, unfortunately and so unfortunately they did have to remove Maria's uh, uterus as as part of the c-section because otherwise she would have bled out there would have been nothing mm-hmm. they could have done to stop her from bleeding to death so I'm glad that uh, that did not happen um, but mm-hmm. it made for a, for a longer road to to recovery uh, but like I said she was in good hands finally discharged from the hospital Last uh, Wednesday night, we got out, and baby Joseph is still in the NICU. he's doing pretty good he's uh, off the off everything pretty much except he's still getting fed uh, by a tube because uh, he's still just a little bit too little, like the nurses explain it, he'll spend more calories trying to eat um, hmm. than he will take in right now, so oh, interesting. Um, so he's working on uh nursing and all that kind of great stuff and and feeding orally but uh still working on that you can tell he's pretty tuckered out especially when he you know tries to feed orally throughout the day then he's he's really tuckered out and sacked out the rest of the day Hmm. so um, he's working on that and uh, hopefully sooner than later he gets to come home um they're they're pretty optimistic it's funny when you you go back and forth between doctors and some will be like well he could be ready to go in the next two days and then you talk to another one they say (laughs) oh no it's another week or two at least so but uh it's it's very uh very typical i guess uh with preemies where where it's up and down one day to the next and they don't really know and it kind of sounds like one of those sorts of things where the morning of they'll say okay uh, hope you're ready to take a baby home because you are. Huh. So. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, and you guys will be ready because he's got three more at home waiting, anxious. Oh answer. yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. His his so, sister and brothers are are very excited to welcome him home, and they uh, they sing to him every day over the uh, yeah. over the FaceTime and all that. So they're very yeah. excited to uh, to harass their little brother when he comes home. To be yeah. honest, you know.
3: <laughs> so can you talk about you know? Um, a situation, it's a it's a scary situation. Your wife was in a very delicate situation where she may not survive. You have a kid on the line. Um, you have all these different worries and fears going on. Talk about where God was in, amongst all of this.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's it's really a beautiful example of realizing that there are things that... I th- it, it was hard at first, absolutely. But at mm-hmm. a certain point, we both realized that this was a situation where very much we had no control over. You know, yeah. there was nothing, nothing we could do to miraculously help things along. There was nothing we did to cause the situation in the first place. It just sort of happened. Um, mm-hmm. So it was one of those situations where really you get to this, I don't know, sort of s- serene position. Now, I'm not saying that we didn't, you know, spend night's You know, crying ourselves to sleep Mm -hmm. or anything like that, uh, because it was was still stressful. But at a certain point, we very much realized that this was something where God had to have control over it. We had to pass over control because there was really nothing more we could do. You know, Maria was already going, like I said, to, to Mayo Clinic. Was already seeing all kinds of specialists. Was doing the, you know, not carrying anything too heavy, and you know, making sure she was careful about this and that, and. Keeping an eye on different, you know, any signs that something could be going bad. So it was really a case where February third, when we got there in the morning, we really had to say, you know, God, you you have to get this because yeah. <laughs> we can't do anything more. We've done um, all we can.
3: Yeah,
1: right. And uh, Maria was able to receive the uh, the sacrament of the anointing um, in the in you know our Ukrainian Catholic tradition. It's a little more. Um, liberally applied, I guess you could say, to where it's not always in cases of life or death, you know, where it kind of is in the Roman church. But, I mean, this was a case of life or death.
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah.
1: she was able to receive that uh, a few weeks before uh, in our tradition. And just a beautiful ritual, you know. Uh, Father, uh, we asked Father Father Ivan, our pastor, if he'd do it after divine liturgy. We usually go Saturday night, so he did it after that. And Beautiful ritual of, you know... Um, anointing not uh, you know on the on the eyes on the ears on the mouth mm-hmm. uh, all mm-hmm. over and then holding the the gospel book over her head which she was not prepared for <laughs> but mm-hmm. holding the gospel book over her head to pray over her and everything so just a beautiful beautiful ritual and we're friends with the uh the the cantor there so he was able to stay and, and sing the sing the service too wow uh, so it was really beautiful and we Also had the great uh, blessing afterwards to have uh, communion brought to us in the hospital, which was such a great blessing. Um, Mm -hmm. Father Linus, who's one of the chaplains there, and then Deacon Paul Sean came another day uh, to deliver the Eucharist. And kind of the cool thing about staying at Mayo um, is that there's a subway system but not, mm-hmm. not like the New York kind with the trains. But,
3: <laughs> no, But it's
1: an, it's an underground <laughs> walking thing, but you can walk from the hospital to St. John's, the, the co-cathedral here in Rochester. So I was yeah. able to do that for, for uh, mass on the weekends, and we just went there Saturday. Uh, Maria and I both went. So it's kind of cool that you can, you know, it, it is Minnesota in February, so it is nice to not have right. to go outside, right? <laughs> yeah. If you don't have to, well, it's kind of nice.
3: Yeah, well, and I just know that, you know, you're part of the Real Presence Radio family, and I know every morning we've been praying for you. We have a all-staff right. prayer yeah, every morning. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: you,
3: you and your wife and your children have just been on the hearts of us, and I'm just so grateful that everything has turned out well. Um, yeah. And that's, that I hope the listeners will continue to pray for all of you, and because I, I know we will here at RPR.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really the blessing of being part of the, the RPR family, and I'm not sure if all of our listeners know, but we very much pray for all of the intentions that are submitted. Um, we have a mm-hmm. form on the website uh, that people can submit intentions, or if they just you know tell one of us or call in or send an email or something like that, we very much do uh, pray over mm-hmm. all those intentions every day, and it was beautiful. You know, like you said, every... Uh, every morning to have those those prayers said for us and our family it really meant a lot um and i know everyone was was chomping at the bit for updates so (laughs) (laughs) rightly so so (laughs) right yeah so um and it was uh it was it was it was great to have those prayers and and like i said just one of the things about all this is you really see the the many blessings that god puts in our lives uh from the first time when we had our first uh, child and we were able to receive the Eucharist in the hospital uh, till now, that is just one of the mm-hmm. greatest blessings. So, very much shout out to all the Eucharistic ministers who, who bring the Eucharist to the hospital, especially on a daily basis. It's such mm-hmm. a beautiful It's It's one of those moments where you're like, yes, Jesus comes to me, right? <laughs> wow. And at right? the exact time that we need him, right? You know, yeah. to, to feed on the body and blood of Christ there in the hospital recuperating it's just such a beautiful thing especially when everyone else is coming in is poking and prodding you and testing this checking (laughs) that and you know and finally in the midst of all that you get the eucharistic minister or like i said a deacon or priest come in and uh... really just bring everything back you know to to the center of everything and you can really really uh... have the strength to get through uh recuperation and everything so that was just such a beautiful blessing and father linus gave us the the most detailed blessing i had ever heard um and it was just beautiful because that was the first day we had just you know maria had just gotten finally to her you know, hospital room she was staying in, the uh, non-denominational chaplain came in and said, oh, you're Catholic, I'll make sure Father Linus comes up and gets you Eucharist. <laughs> so then he did come up, and they also, the chaplain also got excited because we had the icon of Blessed Amelia in our room, so he brought us the icon oh. prayer card from the Greek Orthodox Church here in town, and one of our nurses was Greek Orthodox, we had another one who's a nice. who's a Catholic nurse who goes to Holy Spirit. Right, where you just realize, God, <laughs> yeah. God, you got this because I definitely don't. So
3: I definitely um, don't. Well, thank you, Nick. Um, all Thanks right. for well, sharing your 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 story with us, and we'll keep praying.
1: Absolutely, thank you so much, Heather, uh, for joining me this morning and giving us giving me a chance to talk about that. And thank you, mm-hmm. listeners, for sticking with us and keeping us in your prayers. Um, and after the break, we'll be talking about uh, a great pro life ministry, as well as. The St. James Coffee House brouhaha. Stay tuned.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.